There we go. Look. But, but I want to I wanna speak to you this morning about making a declaration that determines your destiny in life. There are many, many wonderful declarations in the Word of God. In fact, there's thousands of declarations in God's Word regarding His promises that have been given to our lives. And I really do believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage each and every one of us to take hold of these declarations because they're going to be very important as we walk forward into our future. They're actually going to direct us. They're actually going to define us. They're actually going to become the very thing that, that steers our course. Declarations from God's Word as you take them up are going to determine your destiny, your future, your way forward in life. You know, many times because of the world in which we live and sometimes because of the backgrounds from which we come, we carry all kinds of words and comments and opinions in our lives that would, that would crush us and would hold us back. But contrary to everything that's been spoken over us, contrary to everything that tries to hold us back, God wants to put by His Spirit a brand new declaration in our heart, a declaration of His Word, a declaration from His promise in order to frame our future, in order to take us forward into everything that He has for us. Declarations determine your destiny. Do you know nations and countries take declarations very seriously? They set out their declaration. And it's a means of, it's in the means and the form of a governing document that steers the whole course of its people. Declarations are powerful. Oh, there's a declaration, church of God, within the Word of God that is, that is wonderfully blessed by God. It has God as its backing and it's given to you and I in order to take hold of, to take up and to live from. I want to encourage you to take up the Word of God in whatever way, in whatever form. Let me ask you about about. The Word of God in relation to your life. You say, well, Dave, I don't get much time these days to read it. I don't get much time these days to study it. You know, we're living in days where we need to take hold of the Word of God. We're living in days where we need to read the Word of God. And this is what I would say to you. If you have no daily reading plan, if you have no daily moment, time where you take hold of the Word of God and study it, meditate upon it. Maybe even just get a promise box. Start there. They're wonderful. You know, a lot of people criticize them. Just buy a promise box of all different verses, verses from the Bible that you just take out every day and you'll just get one verse and just take it out, read it, believe it. And implement it, meditate on it, and the Word of God will begin to take hold of you and enrich you and frame your life. There are reading plans. We must give time. We must give attention to God's Word. You know, recently I, 
I was with a, I w- I was with a gentleman, and um, I knew that I had to give him a Bible. And the moment came where I just pulled the Bible out of my pocket, and I said, listen, I said, I would love you to receive one of these Bibles. It was a little New Testament, a Gideon's New Testament. And immediately I could, I could see his relaxed demeanor tighten up. Almost as if I was, you know, offering him something that was going to be detrimental to his life. You see, very often people have the idea that God's Word is, is limiting and full of rules and regulations and it's going to bring you down and it's going to be detrimental to your future. On the contrary, we know as God's people that God's Word is full of wonderful promises. In fact, Peter said that they're exceedingly great and precious promises. That's how he described it. Magnificent promises, he says. And yet sometimes people have a view of God's Word that it's going to hinder them and restrict them and bind them up. No, no. It's going to set you free. It's going it's to enable you to enter into everything that God's purposed for your life. In fact, Jesus in Luke chapter 4, one of the outline motivations of his ministry was from Isaiah, the prophet, and he went into the synagogue and he began to declare what he was going to do as he went out into his world. And one of the statements, the first statement that he made, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Now, he wasn't just talking about people who didn't have any money. He wasn't just talking about an, an economical poverty. He was talking about an inward poverty, a poverty of mind, a poverty of experience, a poverty of life. And he says, I've come to preach good news. I've come to declare good news that life doesn't have to be like it's been. But life can represent everything God has created it to be. And I've come to declare it with my word and set people free. And take them into the, the life that I have created for them. And he did that, didn't he? He did that. Declarations are powerful. And as God's people, we don't need to be walking concordances. You know, we simply need to take hold of the Word of God. Scriptures for our lives. And there's thousands of them. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak and highlight those words for your life. And as you do, that Word will live within you. As you do, that Word will begin to define you and direct you. And guide you on your course. And help you with your decisions. It really will. That's how important, that's how powerful this word is. Now when Paul talked to the Corinthian church, he wanted them to understand some things about God's promises. About the declarations that God had made to his people. He wanted them to clearly understand that there was no limitation when it came to God's promise. There was no restriction. 
God would not hold anything back from his people. In fact, Paul wanted to tell them outrightly that everything had been given, everything was at their disposal, and that there was no more restrictions in relation to them receiving God's promise for their lives. Look with me for a moment in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Look what Paul says in relation to the declarations that God has made in relation to his promises to his people. He says this, For all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. When it comes to all of these many promises in God's Word, the thousands of promises contained in Old Testament and New Testament, when it comes to all of them collectively together, in relation to your life, God says yes to them. If you say yes to them, if you lay hold of them, if you believe them, if you declare them, God will back it up and say yes and amen to whatever you declare. That's what Paul was saying. He really was. He talked to them and ministered to them about God's word and God's promises. And you can read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, about his discussion with them in relation to these declarations. He says, we didn't come to you saying yes and no regarding the promises of God. We didn't come to you saying, well, yes, you can have this one because it's easy to fulfill, but no, you can't have this one. Yes, you can have access into this promise, but no, you can't have access into this promise. It's off limits. You'll never have it because of your background or where you've been or what you've done or because you don't attain to. No, Paul says, we didn't come with a, with a ministry of yes and no in relation to God's promises. It's just an outright yes, an outright yes to it all. All of God's promises, not just one, two, three, or four. He says the whole gamut of promise, the fullness of it all, is laid at your disposal, at your disposal, at your disposal, church. It's yours. And God says yes to it. And amen. Now, those two words are really important when it comes to us apprehending the promises that God has made to us. You need to know, if you're believing for a word from God, that there's a yes from heaven behind it. God is not going to oppose you. God is not going to resist you when it comes to you taking hold of his word. He's not going to stand and say, well... Let's see you get through this lot, and then maybe you might qualify to take hold of it. No, if you'll take it by faith, if you'll believe his word, if you'll go forward and hold it in your heart, God is there on the sidelines saying, yes, it's yours. Yes, go on. And he's championing, and champion, championing us on in relation to this. There's a yes in God's heart. For you and for me when it comes to his word, to his promise, there really is. 
There's an amen from God's mouth. Do you know what amen means? So be it done. If you say it, this is what Paul is saying. In relation to every promise, in relation to the whole counsel of God's word, in relation to your life and the church of God. If you say it, church, if you declare it, church, if you believe it, God says yes, but not only does he say yes, he says amen, so be it done to you. According to what you say, according to what you believe, if it's in relation to my word and my promises, yes, amen, so be it done. And I'm telling you now, as you, as you start to believe God's word, as you start to declare God's word, you can not only expect a yes over it, but you can expect a so be it done unto you who are believing for it. You'll see things change. You will. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It may not, you may start declaring God's word today. And, and, you know, it may take time. It may take years. But as you stand in faith and as that promise burns in your heart, the moment that you declared it, God said, let it be done unto you. And it will come about. It will happen. It really will. God's word is powerful. You know, Isaiah said this. He said, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How can you know if your words are acceptable in the sight of God? I tell you, start declaring God's word. Start declaring those declarations that have been made over your life. Your words will always be acceptable in God's sight. When you declare his word. You know, sometimes people can speak very limiting things over our lives. We can get mishandled and mistreated by others. And we can begin to believe those words. We can be begin to believe those descriptions that have been made over our lives. And God's word stands in contradiction to everything that's been spoken. And it's a hard choice sometimes to make. Why? Because we, we rutted into those old ways of thinking, rutted into those old words that we've heard. But I'm telling you now, lift up the word of God and see those old things cancelled and let's enter into everything that God's spoken for us. It doesn't matter what's been said. Doesn't matter what's been done. Not that it doesn't matter. You know what I mean. But what matters is that we take hold of that word from the spirit that he wants to plant into our heart. And live from that. And be founded and strengthened in that word. Today you may say, well, I believe that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. Do you know what? God says yes to it. Amen to it. He doesn't counteract that with, well, you failed seven times last week. You're not much of a conqueror, are you? No. Your heavenly Father doesn't do that. 
Your heavenly Father's proud of you that you got back up off the ground when you felt defeated. You got back up when you, when you had a hard day and you just wanted to give in. You got back up and you kept serving him in spite of all of the contradictory circumstances that you faced. You got back up and you said, I'm still a conqueror. In fact, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. It gets a yes and an amen from heaven. It really does. It really does. Or you might be saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it might be like a little bit of a flickering flame inside you. One day you feel like the righteousness of God. Have you ever been there? And the, and the, and the next day you don't. You know, I can remember as a young man going to a conference and man, we went to this conference and the word of God was preached. I came away from the conference and they were declaring constantly the word of God over your life. It was wonderful. You'd come out, you know, strong and ready for life. And I'm a young man. I can remember it saying to my friend, God, man, that conference has just changed my life. Do you know what? This is what I said. I am never going to sin again. I'm not, man. I am not going to sin again. No way, man. I believe God's word. I believe what he's declared. I'm going to confess. I believe God's. I'm not going to sin again, man. Well, didn't take very long. A <laughs> couple of hours. But you know, isn't it great that God doesn't give up on us? You sin, you fall, you mess up. And I felt so bad. I can remember feeling so bad. I declared this. I've come out like, you know, Mr. Universe in the spirit. Muscles everywhere. But it was only like a lot of hot air. And I felt flat on my face. And I felt so bad. And I felt so defeated. And I felt so ashamed. And I thought, man, this life of victory, I'm never going to have it. This life of faith that I read about in the Bible, I'm... I'm never going to be able to do it. But you know what? I got back up. I said, Lord, can I have another go? God, yeah, you can have another go. You can have another million goes, son. Because every promise that you believe, there's a yes behind it. There's an amen in it. There's a so be it. And it doesn't matter how many times you fail. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. Get back up and just keep on going because that's what the life of faith is all about, church. Come on. And you know that. We're real people here. It doesn't matter what what kind of week you've had. It doesn't matter what kind of year you've had. It doesn't matter how ashamed you feel about your life. It doesn't matter how low you feel. It doesn't matter if you've had defeat after defeat after defeat. Let me tell you, right, as the leader here, we're all in the same boat. I can look back over this past year and see days of defeat, days where I didn't want to get up, days where I wanted to give in, but my God, he comes up in the power of his spirit and he renews you in his life. He gives you a fresh word in your heart so you can carry on going another couple of miles down the road. And when the tank's empty, the Holy Ghost comes, he fills you up again. He really does. He's so good. This life, this Christian life, if it was dependent on our self-strength, you know it as well as I do. 
we'd be long gone. Long gone. It's as a result of God's goodness. It's a result of God's grace. It's a, it's a result of His mercies being new. Every morning, great is, is His faithfulness. It's as a result of His goodness to us that we're able to go through another day. It really is. More than a conqueror, you are. You're not the conquered. You're more than a conqueror. You really are. That's how he sees you. So don't be afraid to speak it. Even if, you know, you've got all of your defeats staring you in your face. Don't be afraid to declare it. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. There'll be a yes and an amen attached to that word. Or I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in this world. You might not feel it. Your circumstances might not show it. But let the declaration arise in your heart. Why? Because there will be a yes and an amen behind it. I'm behind all of the other verses and promises that you declare. No, God didn't just want us to have a favorite verse in the Bible that we hang our heart on. God says, take it all. Take it all. Whatever you need. Is it healing in your body? Is it finances? Is it, is it peace in your heart? Whatever it might be. Peter said he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. How? Through the exceedingly great and precious promises. Everything that pertains to life and godliness through declarations that have been made that are living, the living Word of God that we can take up and believe and implement and see outworked in our lives. Paul on another occasion said, I'm confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Declaration, a declaration. His circumstances around him were... were we're in, we're in stark contradiction to everything he preached many times. In stark contradiction to everything he believed. But he never allowed circumstance to limit or hinder or belittle his faith. He came out fighting. I'm confident. Imagine that. This very thing. He who has begun a good work in me. We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. On many occasions when Paul came out with these brilliant revelations, these brilliant declarations from the very heart of God, on many occasions he was in the most negative of situations. And it's just incredible, really, to see the heart of a man so alive, so energized, so full of life. Not having a pity party, but declaring the word of God. I remember, I've said this before, but I, I feel it's important to say it again, just to, just to help us where we are today. You know, I remember 
as a young man going to South Africa and um, going to Bible school there. I, w- I was there for two years. I remember the first six months. For many years, I wanted to go to Bible school. For many years, I had all of these dreams and imaginations, thinking about studying the Word of God every day. I didn't think about being homesick, thousands of miles away from home. And there I was in South Africa, Johannesburg. And man, I landed and my, part of my heart was excited about, you know, what was ahead of me. But then this awful sinking feeling of being away from this great church. I was part of the youth. I was part of the church, excited to be in this family. And this church sent me to South Africa. Pastor Ray, and with the help of many others, sent me over to Rama, South Africa. I had everything to be excited by, excited for. And yet in my heart, I was homesick. Anxious, fearful. And then one day I opened the Word of God and my eyes fell on a declaration from Philippians 4, a promise, be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. When I looked at that declaration, and I looked at the circumstances and the feelings that I was experiencing, I was annoyed. I thought, how on earth can a man say, be anxious for nothing? How on earth is it possible to live an anxious, free life in a troubled, filled world? Impossible. It angered me. It frustrated me. But I felt the need to carry on confessing it. And I'd do it every single day. I'd go for a walk and wherever I'd be, just in my quiet time, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on. Why? Because I needed it so desperately. But nothing changed. I was still anxious. I was still fearful. I still felt depressed. I was still carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Couldn't get free from it. And then one day, it took six months. Whether it takes six months or six years, friend, just keep on saying it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Joel chapter 3 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. I just kept on doing it. And then one day, sunny afternoon, see it now. I was just about to step off. It's weird how you can just recount things. I was just about to step off the pavement, put my foot on the road, and suddenly just hit me like a lightning bolt. Strange. Peace. Anxiety. Heaviness. Gone. Peace. It was not my own. It was a peace from another realm. 
It was a peace that Jesus had provided, you see. It was supernatural. And, and the, the, the promise that, that I was confessing, the declaration that, that, that was coming out of my mouth, God had given a yes and an amen to it. And there was a so be it moment in my life. And that peace came in and it began to guard my heart. It began to guard my mind and anxiety could no longer attack me. And my feelings came in order with the word of God. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, sometimes I've left that peace. Imagine that. Sometimes I've forsaken that wonderful peace that God has given into my life to protect my heart and protect my mind. But you know what? What you realize is this. When you do leave it, you quickly go running back to it because you need it to live this life in Him. But there are declarations, maybe today, that you need to take up again. Take up again in your heart. Maybe declarations for your life, for your destiny, that you once held so, so tightly, once you, so, that you once held on to so committedly, and you let them go because of a circumstance or because of trouble. Listen, we've all been there, but God is saying to you today, take them up again. Take them up again. And God will see to it that that word over your life comes to pass. Colossians 3, chapter 16, Paul says this, he says, let the word of Christ dwell within you richly. I wonder why. Let the word of Christ dwell within you richly. It's a choice. It's a decision of your will. It's an action that you take with your life. I am going to let the Word of God have its full place in my life. In my life. I'm going to let it. See, God requires the steps. God requires the decisions that we must take in order to take hold of His Word. He says, let the Word of Christ dwell within you richly. In all of its wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let it have room inside you, he says. Why? Because there's a yes and an amen behind it all. And when it has a rich deposit and a rich place in our lives, it means that God can work out all of the things that He's spoken to us and declared to us through His Word and through His promises. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're just going to close. Maybe we'll take this up again just next week. I referred to this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Peter, talking about the extraordinary promises that have been given to us as God's people, says this, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. As His divine power has given us, 
given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, listen to this, exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the very character and life of God. How? Through the promises, through the declarations that God has made regarding your life. It's time again, maybe, to take them up, to be passionate about the Word of God, to let it fill our minds so we meditate on it, to let it fill our mouths and the words that we speak. Proverbs 18 says, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And we want our, our mouths to, to be speaking life over our life, life over the lives of others, for our declarations to be determining and directing our destiny as we go forward in our world. And that's what we want as a company of God's people, as a church. And that's what God wants over every one of our lives as we live for Him. Let me give you one final declaration that Jesus made in relation to our lives in John chapter 8. Verse 36. He said this. He said, if the Son sets you free... That's it. You are free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You are not captive of fear, to fear. You are not cap- a captive to depression. You are not captive to any behavior outside of Christ that, does, that is not characterized by Him or the new life that He's brought you into. You're free. Church of God. But you know what happens many times in this freedom? We, 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 we realize that we, that we have freedom, but our understanding is very limited. We're running like convicts on the run, always looking over our shoulder, wondering whether our past is going to catch up with us, wondering whether we're going to get caught and brought back to the prison that once held us, bound by the habits that we once had, like convicts on the run. We have a form of freedom, but we're always afraid whether we're going to get caught back into those old things that once characterized us. But Jesus said, no, you're not a convict on the run. You're not evading capture. You're not condemned any longer. You are free Indeed, you're never going back to that old prison. You're never going back to that slavery that once held you and bound you in things that you you no longer want to be in. You're never going back to those things that once had a grip on your life. You're free indeed, completely free. You're not evading capture anymore. You're those that triumph in Christ. You're those that are more than conquerors. You're those that 
have God within you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And these are the declarations that we must hold with confidence in our hearts and in our lives as we go forward into the future. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray right now. And maybe today you're here for the first time and a lot of what you've seen and experienced today is new and it's caused you to wonder, but in it all you've sensed God's presence, His Holy Spirit. And you've become aware of His love for you through maybe what we've sung, maybe through something that's been said here today. Oh, God loves us. God doesn't want our lives to be bound and straight-jacketed up in things that He never, ever wanted us to be in. He wants us to have a new life. He wants us to be free. And that new life begins the moment that you declare Jesus as Lord. The Bible says this, whoever calls, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a yes and an amen right there. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord with their mouth shall be saved. I'm going to pray right now and I'm going to lead you in a prayer where maybe for the first time you're going to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You're going to ask him into your heart. Telling you right now you're going to experience peace maybe for the first time. The peace that you've searched for and looked for. That's always evaded you. You're going to pray a prayer and Jesus is going to come and live in your heart. A miracle is going to take place. And you're going to declare with your mouth that he is Lord. Let's pray together. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I want you to pray this prayer quietly in your heart today with me. Say this, Jesus... I call on your name. Save me. Save me from my sin. Come into my heart. I want you to be my Savior and Lord. I want to know you as Prince of Peace. I ask you today to come into my heart. I open my life to you. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer in your heart today, while eyes are closed, while heads are bowed in this place, I want you to quickly lift up your hand. I'll see it. We're going to give you just a little Bible. Is there a person today you prayed that prayer, asking Jesus into your heart? Maybe for the first time today, you prayed and you said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. You prayed that prayer. I'll give you a moment, and if not, we'll, we'll stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet, church. But if you did pray that prayer, and you want to have a Bible today, we would love to give you a Bible before you leave this place. Father, I pray for your people. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would awaken those declarations, those promises, those words that you've spoken into our heart. And Lord, we would again begin to declare them out loud 
as your redeemed community, Lord, as your redeemed family, we would begin to declare with boldness the words that you've spoken over our lives. And you would remind us of those words that you want us to hold in our heart and declare for our lives. And as we do, Lord, we thank you with the assurance from your word that there is a yes and an amen behind every word and every promise that we take hold of and declare. I ask this for your people in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, we're going to sing and give him praise in this place. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Come on, church, let's give him praise.